it's basketball season and we've got you covered. The Ringer NBA show breaks down the latest and greatest around the league five days a week. Check out The Ringer NBA show on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Wow. Okay. No, you're not going to get it this time. Okay. Uh, not going <laughs> to get what? What are you talking about? The intro. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to Stadio Podcast in Ringer FC. I'm Isaac Kwonga. I'm Ryan Hun. Ryan, how are you doing? Absolutely knackered. How are you? Yep, similar. Same, yep, same. I had cool. my first bite of the day about an hour and a half ago. My first meal of the day, my first food of the day, because I was on quite a tight uh, book deadline, but that is very much in sight. So yeah, I'm all good. Lovely. Ollie out is trending on Twitter. I mean, <laughs> really good point at Stamford Bridge, I thought. Yeah, well, hold it. Yeah, well. Some admin very quick. Don't forget to check the ringer.com forward slash soccer for Moose's piece about Pele. It went up last week. Um, yep, yep. I've got a couple to get done. Uh, Righty's house on Wednesday. I'll be joining Jeanette and Righty on Wednesday. We are recording this a little bit earlier than usual because I have to do some real life stuff this week. So I just messed with the schedule a little bit. So... As we mentioned on the last podcast, we're not going to go through all of the games in huge detail because we haven't had time to catch up on every single one of them yet. Mm. So we're going to try and drop in some questions and yeah, back to normal service on Thursday. Hope everyone's safe, well, and doing as good as possibly could be. I want to shout out Stadio Ultra from day one, Akash. <laughs> Sprained his menis- meniscus. What? And it's Stadio's fault. You can sprain your meniscus? Strained it, sorry. Okay, wow, okay. He said, uh, I was watching the footy on the exercise bike and I was so engrossed by all the things that I was hearing on Stadio. I was looking out for stuff that I didn't realise how hard I was going. So I'm suing Stadio. Oh no. Okay, Akash, when you sue, I can send you Ryan's address and bank details to make a settlement. I'm happy to provide that information for you, Akash. So, and then also at him with the lawsuit. It's fantastic. You don't have to include me. I, the, the thought that counts. You say that though, but it was one of your takes that he was... Uh, that got him hyped. It wasn't That's because was. I, haven't, I haven't done a hot take for a very long time on this podcast. We'll see. <laughs> I've been really good. I haven't done any hot takes on well, Twitter. Well done. You're a grown man. Like, you know, what do you want? Like, People make careers out of this. People make careers out of hot takes. Well, you have. <laughs> wow. It's the accuracy. It's the accuracy. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. the truth. It's the truth. It's no the truth. lies were told. <laughs> no lies. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, so where do you want to start today, man? Chelsea, Manchester United? Uh, I suppose we have to because it was a big game in that sense. You no, know, Tuchel playing against um, second place Manchester United uh, and his Chelsea doing, I think, quite interesting things already. So this was nil-nil, but this was a better nil-nil than when these teams met last time. In that case, Old Trafford, it was almost like Chelsea desperate to avoid losing, as were United following the 6-1 defeat at home to Spurs. These 
teams are now much more confident, much more cohesive and playing. I thought partic- particularly Chelsea, the start of the first half, there was almost an instruction from Solskjaer to sort of say, just, just hang with Chelsea until they stop that intensity because they can't do that for 90 minutes. Mm. But the way they move the ball in the first 20 minutes, Chelsea, I mean, there's a way they pass and they have possession that you almost forget the opposition is entitled to the ball. They just move the ball so quickly to the middle of the field. And there was a funny moment watching Chelsea in the, in the right back position. So, you know, Marcus Rashford is the most devastating in that left-sided role. And there was a moment in the first half where he kept trying to force the issue against Azpilicueta. But the way that they play out from the back, Chelsea, especially in the right back position, is so accomplished. He was getting no joy there and he never fully seemed to realise that he couldn't do that. He never seemed to fully realise that he couldn't just outfox that because he's done that against other teams. But Chelsea is so assured on the ball. The only question for me is really, Ryan, where is the extra 15% of creativity going to come from? And that's obviously the key question for Tuchel. He knows that. Like he's, he's shored the team up. The team is now secure. It's defensively strong. The question for Tuchel that he's now asking himself is what is my best attacking configuration? And he still doesn't know, but how could be expected to? That makes sense? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was interesting to see Kante start with Kovacic and I think that yeah, actually yeah. worked. I thought Kante was brilliant. Yeah, I liked it a lot. I liked it a lot. I like everything apart from the front three, I guess. I mean, Ziyech, Mount and Giroud was okay. I didn't think it was dreadful. No, no, it was good. That's the thing. It was all good. It was good. And it would beat teams that weren't quite as, you know, United a second. So they're doing, you know, they're doing something right. Um, they're doing plenty right. I just feel there's another gear that front three can go to, if that makes sense. And I'm not sure what the configuration is to get that. Yeah, I think if you have a player like Giroud getting people around him who are going to run beyond him, so like Pulisic and mm. Harvards, I think are a really good two to work behind him because they will link really well with him and they'll also run past him. Mm. Like Giroud's best form at Arsenal, I think, came when he had runners that would go from deep. You know, when Ramsey was on form that season after Ozil joined or when Wilshire would go or when Brzezicki would go. Yeah. That was where I think Giroud really comes alive in a sense because he is a really good finisher and we know this. Yeah. Probably an underappreciated finisher. But I think he, he works so well at just linking runners from deep that I think Mount and Ziyech actually like to have the ball kind of outside the box yeah, all yeah, the time. Yeah, 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 yeah. In that scenario, you would want someone a little bit more mobile, I think, to make it all gel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think, I think so. the thing that Chelsea have is that they have a number of configurations that they can play. But I think that, like you say, Tuchel is still trying to figure out which ones work together. And I mean, it's another clean sheet and another game unbeaten for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Against the side that's second in the table. In isolation, this isn't a really dreadful result for Chelsea. No, no. But no. I think because of West Ham losing to City on Saturday, you know, Chelsea had a chance to go into the top four. If I was a Chelsea fan, that would be the only frustrating thing from, from my point of view is that there was a real chance there to, to win this game. I think they had the better of the chances. Yep. And they could have won the game and they almost took their foot off the gas a little bit. And yeah. I mean, the I Hudson, think that, yeah. what you're going to say, the hudson Adoy. Yeah, the entry to hudson Adoy yeah. didn't help them because he was probably their best player. Mm. Well, I thought Reese James was good when he came up. He was, he was, he was. But there was a way that hudson Adoy was opening people up that... Um, you know, this is the thing, and this is no criticism of Reese James. Hudson Odoi can open you up in isolation. Mm. And that ability, such a rare, special ability, was the one thing that looked like it could over time open up United. And like I say, like Giroud, Giroud just narrowly missed the header in the first half. The great assist from Hudson Odoi. So that could be a difference, but small margins. And United weren't bad either. They weren't bad, actually. People arguing they should have been more adventurous, but I was like, well, but with what? With what and with who? Like it, you're up against Canton Kovacic midfield. That's not a slouch midfield. Mm. I thought Fred was fairly good considering. Yeah, that was okay. Actually had a couple of good efforts. Tomine was all right. Not great, but all right. Luke Shaw looked good again. Yeah, although he gave the ball away a lot in the second half. Maybe not a lot. That's a bit harsh, but he turned mm. the ball over a f- yeah. few times completely unnecessarily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it kind of, a, it just, United, I don't know in the, if it was just me being a little bit biased or, you know, confirmation bias or whatever but there seemed to be a real problem building up any level of fluency down that left hand side I agree no I agree I agree and then but that's also just the general structural way that United are they're not a kind of they're not like City where City have you know they just recycle the ball a lot they're like 
forward, 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 like the Bruno mm. Fernandes thing. And they're quite a broken team in that sense, right? They're like, they're like a fizzing firework. And some days the fizzing firework works, but against a team like Chelsea, which is a bit too canny for that, it wasn't effective. Mm. And also, you know, you've got the fact that, that Mason Greenwood is still finding his feet in the central area in terms of his movement. So you had, move, you had opportunities where there's a couple of times where the ball come through central areas and Mason Greenwood wasn't there because he doesn't attack, he doesn't attack the six yard box like a, mm. like if you've been playing as a, nine, a central nine for a long time, there's certain spaces that you crash and he wasn't crashing them because it's just not his thing yet. I actually thought Daniel James's movement was pretty good. And I thought his inclusion was justified for that reason. I thought he moved quite well. Um, so yeah, I just, I just don't think this is a disappointing result. There's not much more I can say about it really, but this is not a point to lose sleep over. Although it, there will be fans that will, of course, because, you know. I don't think they would have lost sleep over it. I think a lot of people seem to be... Gaining sleep over Gaining it. sleep during the game. <laughs> <laughs> um, and a question from Kellen McMahon, who said, are Chelsea legitimate top four contenders? I really don't want to watch my team in the Europa League. I mean, yeah, they are. Yeah, They absolutely course. are. Like yeah, I said, yeah. they, if they'd won that game, they would have gone into the top four. As it stands, they're a point behind West Ham with 12 games to go. They're only five points behind Leicester because of Leicester's defeat on uh, Sunday against Arsenal. So they're absolutely in the conversation. I mean, they're only six points behind Manchester United with 12 games left. It's not absolutely guaranteed that Manchester United are going to finish above Chelsea this season, I don't think. I think, I think, six, I think points, I six points can evaporate very, very quickly at the moment. And you've seen the run that Leicester are on with the injuries they've got as well. They've got a really bad injury to Harvey Barnes that looks really nasty and such a shame. because He's been in great form. We're going to talk about Leicester, Arsenal and Wrighty's house. So I won't go into it now, but Leicester's form is not great at the moment. No, no, no. And no. I don't think it's out of the question that Chelsea could finish second this season. Not at all, because here's the thing with Chelsea that you know, I sort of touched on earlier to, to an extent. That configuration of attackers, mm. there might be a magic blend there because there might be a magic blend there just waiting to be discovered that suddenly it's just like, that's amazing. It could be Tammy Abraham, Harvard, and Ziyech, for example. Could be, we don't know yet. If Tuchel finds it and they blow some team away in the next four games, mm. that could be the configuration they use as the main one the rest of the season. Mm. And I, I don't think they're that far away. I look at them, I, I look at them and think, this is a very, very solid team. And it's the kind of team that Pep will look across from the mountaintop, you know, from Mount City Group, Pep will look down and be like, yeah, they, they could be a problem. Mm. A full Premier League season with a pre-season behind them, Tuchel's Chelsea, could and should be a serious problem because they do have balance in that squad. Mm. I liked them a lot. I remember, I think I said to you in the group, I was like, they moved the ball beautifully. I think I said it when they played Wolves. Oh, the first game. The first game, I was yeah, just yeah. like, the ball movement is wow. kind of mesmerising. Yeah, so quickly as well. It was so quick. It was so different to Chelsea under Lampard. Very precise, very quick, very controlled and relentless. It takes a lot of mental energy. Yeah. Especially against a side as good as Manchester United and no matter what people still think about Manchester United, the table doesn't lie. Even in a season like this one, they are yeah. second for a reason. Yeah, know, they've yeah. scored the most goals. Obviously that Southampton game kind of skewed it a little bit, but still they've scored the most goals in the Premier League this season so far. They they're not slouches. They're not slouches at all, no. And they've pulled off some good results this season. So I think Solskjaer would actually be fine with this because I think that this season, if you just don't lose, if you focus on winning your home games if you can, in the big games like this, pick up points when you're away. I think that'd be... It's a very Serie A. Do you remember that Serie A? Mm. Like this. At a certain point, Serie A was basically like, if you won all your home games and drew your away ones, you'd win the league. Yeah. And this is a similar, similar thing. Just United just hold tight. They'll be fine. Before we move on from this game, what do you think of the handball call? I think it was... Ollie Glanville, actually, shout out to him. He made a very good point. Because at first I was like, oh, that looks like a penalty. But then he made the point that Greenwood's shoulder nudges house of hand onto the ball and mm. I was like see that's the kind of thing that a referee probably saw that we didn't even on a replay mm. and I was like yeah fair enough um, you know I'm a lover not a fighter I don't want to get angry about this stuff yeah I, I, I wasn't sure about that though I think it does happen at some point but I'm, I mm. think it's really hard to tell where it happens it looked like the, a penalty to me the commentators on then, Sky couldn't believe it in Germany yeah. they could not believe it it looked like a penalty to me. I'm mean, not going to lie. When I first saw it, because it looked like his hand kind of nudges it, doesn't it? It looks like his, na his hand kind of like knocks through it. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that's a hugely natural position for his hand to be, put it that yeah, way. Yeah. I think he got lucky. I mean, the, the funny thing about this was, I suppose, not that I'm a neutral, but the funny thing was that 
given all the penalties Manchester United have been awarded this season, you, you would have thought that would be the one they yeah. actually give. Uh-huh. <laughs> so it's kind of funny they didn't get that one, but you know, it is what it is. Where else do you want to go in the Premier League? Big win for Spurs, maybe? Gareth Bale on form? Oh, we should talk about that. Yeah, so um, Spurs beat Burnley 4-0. I think that's their biggest home win since they beat Burnley 5-0 that time. Gosh, Burnley really handing out the gifts, aren't they? Yeah, they should be slightly worried, I think. Bale just went a bit vintage in this one. Two goals and an assist, man. Yeah, he's been pretty good in recent games, actually. I mean, he's a pretty good player, Gareth Bale. Well, this is the thing. Gareth Bale, modern football's most casual match winner. In the sense that when Bale decides to win something, he's like, yeah, I'll just do that. I mean, look, the Champions League final 2018, the reason that goal is actually underhyped, that bicycle kick, is underhyped because he came off the pitch and straight afterwards he's like, yeah, I'm not playing enough. Mm. Like, have we ever seen that before? A man giving a press conference slash contract renegotiation slash leverage for playing time. We've never seen a game of that magnitude, a guy come off a field after scoring a goal like that and be like, yeah, I'm not playing enough. <laughs> it's like, you know what it's like? It's the equivalent of a golfer, because he loves golf, obviously. A golfer not touching his clubs for 18 months and then picking up a two iron and landing on the green at Augusta. It's that. So what? And he's like, oh my God, Gareth, what a great shot. He's like, well, I'm a good golfer. <laughs> you know, it's, it was, that was what he kind of... You know, him, you know, him scoring these goals against Burnley and not just the goals, but that pass. Yeah. Did you hear this? Did you hear this? That was a two iron. (laughs) The beauty of being in an empty ground is that you can hear how the ball sounds when it's struck. Mm. And you hear that sound, you know, to be honest, when I hear the way footballers strike the ball, professional players, I'm like, you know what? My respect just is like, okay, what are we doing? Even criticizing these people. Like when when you hear the sound on that ball, it sounds like a bullet coming out of a casing. You know, it's like, I won't make the noise because I've done this before on the podcast. People make fun of it. It's a very violent reference. <laughs> well, it was a violent pass. Yeah, it was quite violent. Yeah. Like, it, I don't think it was the biggest backlift, but he absolutely just hammers it. And the, the poor defender, there's a moment where the West Ham defender realizes he's not going to get to it. And he knows that Kane's behind him. It's kind of heartbreaking for him. But yeah, great win for Spurs. They needed it. They desperately needed that. They really needed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nudges them up to eighth, back over Arsenal because Arsenal had overtaken them temporarily talking of needed wins very quickly West Brom over Brighton ooh yeah I mean full of controversy Brighton oh my goodness you know what sums this game up that sounds terrible to say this Danny Welbeck's penalty mm. which he hits against the post so it's the second penalty that Brighton take they hit the woodwork twice Dunk hits the woodwork and then no Gross does Gross hits the woodwork and then with the first penalty and Welbeck has a Welbeck with the second penalty. And then what sounds like this game is his follow-up. He follows up, swings at it, doesn't get the best contact and then sort of stumbles. And I just thought that was Brighton's bad luck all game. It's just those games where it's like Brighton really could have, they could have done with that win. Mm. And they create enough chances for that win. And there are some games where you'll come off and have a go at your players. But this is one where you have to look at them and be like, you know what? The gods were not looking favourably on the South Coast. Well, I mean, what the expected goals, it should have been like 3-1. Yeah, I can't really figure out what happened for the free kick either. Henri scored one of those against Wigan. Yeah, yeah, Do you yeah. that? Yeah, it's yeah, like, exactly. I and mean, then on, and Messi you, scored. Them. Yeah, yeah, we've seen him so many times. If you've cleared it with the ref, it all just got a little bit messy. Lewis Dunk's interview afterwards was very spiky. Yeah, he was not a happy boy. But I mean, they've kind of, they've been stung like that, what, twice in a few days. Well, I don't know, man. Are they going to be okay? I'm not sure because they're, you know, the problem with Brighton is they're doing the terrible thing of playing well and not getting points, which actually, to a lesser extent, Leeds have to be slightly cautious of that as well because Leeds are having a couple of wobbles. Mm. We, said this before, we said this before about Leeds. They should be all right. But those are two teams, Leeds and Brighton. You come away going, oh, great performance, but you're like, where are the points? You know, they're, like, they're like really talented buskers and poets who don't get their gigs. And everyone's like, oh my God, yeah, best busker in town, best poet, but like, but they're not covering their rent. And that's kind of how Leeds and Brighton feel at the moment to me, if that makes sense. I mean, they've not won any of their last four. The last win came against Liverpool. Two draws, two defeats. They had, yeah, almost three to just under one expected goals against West Brom, against Palace. It was 2.5 to point, <laughs> 0.23 and they lost 2-1. I think they'll click, to be honest. Those metrics are too good for them to go down, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're consistent at that rate, yeah. You should yeah, if, right. you're, if you're registering 74% possession and outdoing the opposition like by more than two expected goals, I think you will be okay. It's like that kind of stuff tends to level off. 
It does, yeah. It, and to be honest, it already has been. Didn't we like how early in the season they're playing really well but not getting results? Yeah. And they went in a nice little stretch mid-season where it kind of reverted to, mm. okay, this is, these are the results they should be getting based on what they're creating. Mm. This should be all right. But Fulham have been ticking over quite nicely. They've been getting like points here and there, wins here and there, even if you know their form has... They've still only won four games this season, but they've drawn 11. Yeah. And that has been absolutely vital for them to start reeling in those two or three clubs in front of them because they're only three points behind Newcastle and they're only three points behind Brighton now. Mm. And they're only five behind Burnley, who I don't think are out of the woods. Decent point again, isn't There's always one team, isn't it, in the Premier League that drops, isn't it? There's always one team mm. that goes into free fall at some point. The moment it's Burnley, that could change. But there's, there's always that one team, isn't there, that really sort of plummets unexpectedly. I mean, the Fulham point against Palace is a really good point for them, but also I think Palace have been doing really well considering the injury situation they've had this season. Yeah. There was a lot of talk about, I can't remember who posted the tweet, apologies, but someone posted like a, uh, a breakdown of how many absentees Premier League clubs have had this season. And Liverpool was second, but Palace were out in front. It's something that hasn't really been picked up on a huge amount. Yeah, and the Hodge, apart of obviously outside Palace. And- Hodgson's obviously just coaching the absolute ass off that team, isn't he? Off that yeah, squad. I mean, you know, he's getting, you know, he's, he's, he's a, an established gentleman, let's say, Roy Hodgson, and he's yeah, not getting yeah. any younger. And I think that he's, I'd go as far as saying disrespected, Roy Hodgson. I think he's disrespected as a manager. I think that's fair, yeah. I, I think, think his yeah. time at Liverpool really stung him. Yeah. I think he was a better England manager than a lot of people gave him credit for. Didn't have the best pieces at Liverpool either. No. no I mean, Didn't the best Liverpool, pieces. Yeah, yeah, I mean, but, They've been doing pretty well to maintain where they are. I mean, I don't think they're going to, they're not in any danger of going down Palace. I don't think they're only point behind Wolves and only two points behind Leeds. Right. Only four behind Arsenal. So yeah, I think they're going to be fine. Um, and overall, considering everything they've had to go through this season, I think it would be a pretty, pretty decent result to come like 10th, 11th, 12th, 13th. I think it's great. Like it's time. great. Yeah, yeah. It'd be great. Uh, do you want to talk about City West Ham quick? Yeah, why not? Yep, yep, yep. Lots of excitement here over the fact that Kevin De Bruyne can play perfect passes with either foot, both centre-back scoring. So they win 2-1 Man City against West Ham at home. Diaz first and Stone second. Diaz's first goal for Manchester City. The Manchester City machine, really, isn't it? They can win fluid. They can win ugly. West Ham were nice and attritional. Really like they're doing. Lingard has added so much to that front line. Mm. Almost got that goal, actually. Michal Antonio kind of stole it on the line, but um, would have been, I think, Lingard's fourth goal. But they're looking really good, West Ham. They're unafraid as well. They're not bothered. This is the thing. They're not a... This year, West Ham have been, of the chasing pack, arguably the most fearless team of the chasing mm. pack. They just don't care what you're bringing to the table. I mean, they went, they went up to... They went up against Spurs. And Spurs, when Spurs were like really hammering teams and got the three all, and they came with that same kind of energy against uh, Manchester City. But City just looked, they had that extra, what, gear, gear and a half. Yeah, they had that one for one all though, didn't they, Mikel Antonio, when he hit the post? Yeah, 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 they did. I mean, that, that came before the goal. I mean, maybe it kind of wouldn't have really changed that much. He's, the great thing about him is he's a real troublemaker. Is he a converted mm. midfielder? Almost. He played, like, he played as a fullback as well at one see, point. See, that's he? the thing. So he's, He's a real troublemaker. And you look at him, you think that's someone who's played multiple positions because he causes unorthodox, pro- his movement's unorthodox and he causes the kinds of problems you can only cause if you have the cheat code. Mm. You know, when you see certain players that have played different positions, they're like, okay, I played here so I know what kind of movement these four, these uh, defenders hate. And he's really good at that. I think he's, it's why he's such a kind of Moyes player. Like David Moyes has always had troublemaking attackers, like a Fellaini. You know, he's always had that kind of player in the forward line where you're like, like we hate playing against this guy. Mm. Mihal Atone probably comes, he probably comes quite high on, in a, in a respectful way, players we hate to play against. Oh God, we've got Mihal this week, you know. I think that's fair. Yeah. Can be a, he can be a real handful. I love him for that. Yeah, it's great. It's great. Um, so Man City maintained their winning streak. Is it 20 games now in all competitions? Closing in on the record. Four points clear at the top of the league now. Extended their lead over Manchester United. Uh, I think that, I think, I think, uh, it's done right. Yeah. No, I think, I think they're gone and they're gone. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? 
you take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. All right, man, shall we go to Germany? Let's do it. Oof. Where do you want to start? Schalke? Uh, I mean, yeah, we can do, if you like. We actually had a few questions about Schalke. We had one from Joe Luckham who said, what's worse, lockdown or Schalke? I, you know, it's worse than both. Mustafi's emotional journey since the 2014 World Cup. Right. Well, we need to talk about Mustafi in a minute. Yeah, that worst. man is on a journey. If Mustafi walks into, <laughs> if he walks into a bar, you walk out of it, you're like, you look like a lovely guy, Shkodran, but the energies that you're bringing with you. <laughs> I can't deal with this level of chaos. Yeah, it's too much. Uh, Dylan Love says, I don't have a question, but since you're in Germany, I hope you'll dive into the Schalke revolt. And Dan Cook says, has there been any more info in Germany on the player revolt or Schalke? Right, so Schalke parted ways with Christian Groth this weekend. They also sacked pretty much the entire first team leadership. They got rid of Christian Groth, his assistant, Rainer Widmeyer, Squad manager Sasha Rita and Werner Leutard, the head of performance. They also laid off Jochen Schneider, the sport and communications executive. Peter Knabel, who is director of the Youth Academy at Schalke, is taking over the sporting leadership at the club at the moment. And they are yet to appoint a coach. Just reading this great Stefan Ersfeld piece from ESPN, who he wrote a really good piece about it. Shouts to Stefan. They got hammered on the weekend by Stuttgart. Yeah. 5-1. A goal from Kolasinac was the one. They also missed a penalty at 3-1. Bentaleb missed a penalty to make it 3-2. Uh, well, it was saved, sorry. But then um, it's come, it comes after on Friday, Said Kolasinac, Shkodron Mustafi and Klasian Huntelaar, all three of which signed in the January transfer window came out and were calling for the sacking of Christian Gross. Derek Ray wrote a good thread about a lot of the stuff that came out as well, saying that he was mixing up the names of the players. They weren't happy with the tactics. He was speaking the wrong languages to certain players. Bear in mind, Christian Gross was retired before he took this gig. And the only reason that it's believed that he got the gig was because he was close to Jochen Schneider. I mean, it was a strange appointment in the first place. And it now means that... Schalke are set to become the first side in Bundesliga history to have five managers in a single season. It's extraordinary. You know what it is? I think um, there's this thing of a, uh, this is not the red wedding, it's the blue wedding. I mean, they're in huge trouble, Schalke. Huge, Absolutely. huge, huge trouble. Bear in mind that this is a club that two years ago were playing Manchester City in the knockout stages of the Champions League. Under vast Dominic and deep. Tedesco. Yeah, vast, deep institutional rot. And at the time, it's funny because Tedesco got criticised. Heavily. And it was strange because he was, he was a really good coach. And everyone's like, oh, what's happening here? Like, he's a smart guy, modern methods. And I think actually, in, in retrospect, one of those things where clearly just paving over the cracks. Yeah, I mean, they struggled that season. He got fired and Hub Stevens came in and kept him up. And then that summer was when the Turneys stuff came out about the race, the, the really bad racism stuff from Clements, Clements Turneys. Yeah. And since then, it's just been progressively worse. They had, well, actually, although they did have a, they had a really good start under David Wagner and they were good for maybe the first three months of the season, I'd say. It's and so then it fragile. Was completely it? nosed out. So fragile, that's the problem. And I can't remember who it was, so apologies, but I remember someone talking about the amount of false storms that Schalke have had. It might have even been Jonathan Harding on uh, Stahlcast last year and it made me think of that amazing Sid Lowe line about Atleti having more false storms than Truman Burbank. Yes, yes. Oh, <laughs> and for Schalke, it's not, that's not, over the last few years, oh, that's what Jonathan said. It was like it's a, a turning point or turning a corner. I think those are the words they used. Complete dysfunction at executive level at this football club. On the sporting side, on the scouting side, on the performance side. Commercial side. Commercial side, executive level, everything has just been awful. Absolutely dreadful. This is a huge football club, Schalke. And with the corona crisis and obviously not having fans there, it's blown such a huge hole in their finances that I think uh, in Stefan's piece, he said that they've, they've basically 
they can run for a year in the Zweite Bundesliga as things are. And oh then that's God. kind of it. That's basically. horrific. That's horrific. They were one of the clubs that were very, very close to going under if football didn't return. Oh my God. However, to the game itself, and you see the dysfunction on the pitch because there were two absolutely criminal pieces of defending from set pieces. Wataru Endo got his, I think his first goal for Stuttgart and then got his second one quarter of an hour later. Almost a carbon copy of the first. So a corner, he literally just stands still. Everyone moves away from him. No one marked him. He's on his own on the, in the six-yard box of both Awful. goals. One from one side, one from another side. And the funniest thing is, is that not one Schalke defender turns around to check where anyone is. And Goodness. Mustafi goes absolutely wild at everyone. Yet he pretty much left or was one of the, the culprits in that scenario. Yeah. There's way too much pass in the book at Schalke. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, even though they had that penalty to make it 3-2, Stuttgart were just another level. That's not really anything new this season for a side playing Schalke, but still, like, this is, this is, like, Stuttgart a couple of years ago when they were last in the Bundesliga were a tough watch. Yes, like yes, a yes. A really tough watch when they got relegated. But since Mislintat went there, I remember when Mislintat went there and a lot of people, well, I, at first I was super disappointed that he left Arsenal. And I yeah. was wondering, well, hang on a minute, like, could he be that amazing if he's going to a Svita Bundesliga club? But then you see the amount of, like, the forward thinking he had going there. Yes. Taking them to the Bundesliga, overseeing way more control than he would have at any other big club in, in Germany. And Stuttgart are a big club. You know, they're, they're Bundesliga winners. They've won the Bundesliga in very recent history. Yeah. They are 10th and they could be higher. They've got one of the best away records in the Bundesliga, or top five, I think it is. We actually had a question from someone who said, from Ryan Teitman, actually, what are your thoughts on Stuttgart and Matarazzo? I'm going to work on something, actually, about Matarazzo. Obviously, an American coach in the Bundesliga, doing an incredible job. His first senior job as well. Yeah. And he's just doing incredible things there. They're a really, really fun team to watch. They have their moments, obviously, but they're a newly promoted football, like, they're a newly promoted side, so they're going to. But they absolutely hammered Schalke and there was no there was there was just such a huge golfing class I thought they could end up establishing themselves like Eintracht you know 100%. now Eintracht are a team that you know in, in terms not just in terms of style and the profile but who they can beat the thing I would worry about and just very quickly on Schalke is there's always that thing about the fire sale of players once you go into the Twitter and the one player that really worries me in particular is uh, Suat Serda mm. he's a phenomenal player and you know the Ozan Kabak is out on loan but we saw it with Weston McKenney watching Schalke, and there hasn't been that much to look forward to for Schalke, but before McKenney went, consistently the most spirited player, and Suat Serdar, a very brave attacking player, you know, was someone that had a lot of guts. You see them in really games where, he'd, where, where Schalke was struggling, he would always show up. If I look at that at another club and see his level of spirit, mm. you know, he's only 23 still, like you can do a lot with a player like that. And you know, possession, chances would be a lot easier to come by anywhere else. And I think they'd actually, as I was having a quick look, they actually um, postponed the contract talks a while back. Mm -hmm. So that could be an interesting movement. And this is the, always the problem, isn't it, Ryan? When you drop down a league, the loss of talent makes it so hard to get back up. Yeah, and that's why the Bundesliga is no joke. There's a, no, no. There's a genuine title race going on there. Any one of four teams could yeah. go up. Yeah. It's a, it's a tough league to get out of. And you've seen Paderborn this season, they went down, they're about mid-table. Many teams have had uh, quick relegations in succession. Not succession necessarily, but maybe one year they're in the Bundesliga, two years later, three years later, they're in the Dritter Liga. It can happen really, very quickly. It's teams quick. get caught it's, it's, quite like, yeah. it's, it's quite like yeah. the championship uh, in England. Yeah. So yeah, Schalke are all over the place at the moment. Very quickly in the other results, it was a really good result for Werder Bremen on Friday night. They beat Eintracht Frankfurt. Adi Hutter was not happy with some stuff after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bit of a kickoff between him and one of the, one of uh, Florian Kofel's assistants who was saying some unseemly things from, yeah. from the stands. Halted a really good run of form for Eintracht. On Saturday, Bayern beat Köln 5-1 and Manuel Neuer did his absolute best. See, Manuel Neuer never gets punished for this, does he? Came out What's dancing, he? got like <laughs> lost the ball, and I think they ended uh, up hitting the post or something. Then again, he did get a no. He he did get a taste against Eintracht. You can you yeah. can say actually in in the grand scheme, Eintracht did. They held his feet to the fire. Mm. What Neuer does there, that's that is existential. 
He's having uh, he's it's he, extremely he's more moments of it. It's, it was ever since you know when he was all of a sudden in the number ten position for Germany in the last World Cup. Yeah, and there were like I, four outfield players behind him, and I was like, "What is happening?" You see, I think it starts in 2014, actually. I think it starts mm. then. No, do you know why? Do you know why? Because I think that gave him a taste for it because he's like, I can do anything. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I think, I think because, because he won the World Cup that way, it validated him. And that set the seed for everything we've seen now. It set the seed for everything because now he's like, ooh, ooh, living on the edge, tightrope walking. <laughs> <laughs> well, luckily they, it, didn't, uh, it didn't cause him any bother because they still... 1-5-1 against Cologne. Um, Dortmund won 3-0 over Armenia Bielefeld. Goal and assist for Jaden Sancho. He assisted Moda Hood's first goal. Scored the penalty for the second. And the third goal for Rainier was probably the, oh, one, oh, of the, oh, one of the goals of the weekend. A lovely flowing oh team move. Sancho broke. That lovely slide rule pass to Holland that he does so much. And instead of shooting, Holland just cut it across. Rainier put it in. Lovely yeah, that goal. reminded me of. That reminded me of Barca. Yeah. Yeah, it was big Barca energy, actually. I like love that. When you, David Villa yeah. got across to Messi. Yeah. I love that. Iniesta, Villa, Messi, bang. That's oh my goodness. Was, yeah. Actually, you, this, this will surprise you, but I was watching Iniesta highlights this weekend. Mm. After I told, so I was at, we, we had that chat earlier and I was like, I'm watching Iniesta and you were like, oh God, and you look really frustrated. Then I went back and watched even more Iniesta highlights. <laughs> and it was just- Troll me. Well, not to troll but like, I was just thinking, so I, was, I was really trying to work out like what was done off the ball, you know? Because mm. I think about Dortmund and Bars and similarities. And the one thing we talked about, I think, a couple of weeks ago was how exhausting it is to play against teams like Barca at that point. And there's one bit where Iniesta, Xavi and Busquets play a triangle and Gago just throws up his arms in frustration. Like three times in 20 seconds, he, ch- he chases the ball and gets nowhere near it. Mm. And when I see the speed at which Dortmund interchange passes, they're not far away from doing something in a German context, actually just quite exciting for a few games ago. They're actually quite close to doing something genuinely really exciting with this configuration of players where, you know, just maybe in bursts of three or four games a season, they could put together some really exciting packages of form under Rosa. I can't wait to see that, actually. Anyway. It's going to be fun, man, I think. Really fun. Yeah, really fun. I mean, Gladbach did not have a great result on the weekend. Oh, God. They... We're 2-0 up against Leipzig, very much like this fixture last season, but instead of finishing 2-all, it finished 3-2 to Leipzig, winner right at the end. Gladbach's hmm. form is not great at the moment. It's not a funny team, Leipzig, it has to be said. I mean, they were really not great in the first half. But Pamakano, you know, I said this before, how I, I sometimes worry that he's doing too much. Mm. He was certainly very extra in this game, gave away a strange penalty to Briel and Bolo just made a challenge he didn't need to. A player of his quality wouldn't make that. And then playing some hazardous passes across, <laughs> across the pitch. I mean, it almost like... passes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Almost, you know, you know when you're told to go and make brave passes? Mm. It's like the Pinto thing, you know. Pinto was told to play 100 brave passes. He will mess up two or three and never will notice them. Mm. Apamecano has obviously been told to play progressively, play on the front foot, and he does that. And of course what gets put in the highlight films is when he messes up, but then what you don't see is all the passes that come off. And the amount of times that man hammers the ball into space. And to be honest, to be fair to Nagelsmann, to be fair to Pamecano, it worked. Mm. Because Leipzig keep putting pressure on you. And like we said this before, I said this before, the only team that really broke the Leipzig press successfully, I saw in this Bundesliga this year, has been probably Bayern, actually. And that was by running directly at it. Mm. Uh, so yeah, great win for Leipzig. Awful loss for Gladbach just for a variety of reasons. They got Dortmund in the cup in the week. Yeah, that's not nice for them. Not good timing for them because Dortmund looked good. Poor timing for Marco Rosa as well because there were a lot of like, Lothar Mateus was on Sky Sports being like, being like, yeah, I mean, it's strange because you're playing your new team and you're for your old team, but I think you'll be fine. But still, it's not ideal at the moment, especially with the form that they're in. And you have to agree with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He wasn't super chipper after the game. Can't be enjoying things much at Gladbach at the moment. I don't think that's no, very fun. It's tricky. But they were great in the first half, I thought. And they, I think they just, they could have killed Leipzig off in the second. And I think they just went for containment, which I thought was a bit of a mistake. Can but I be harsh? But to right? be honest, I think uh, like Jasmine Baba, shouts to Jasmine, she was talking about doing a tactical breakdown of that game. And she was just like, yeah, no, there's nothing in this game that's like worthy of a real tactical breakdown. Yeah, yeah. I think her breakdown of the Eintracht team a couple of weeks ago was superb. I think it was Eintracht. Yeah, she's doing really good um, tactical yeah. breakdown stuff at the moment. Great stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Shouts to Oli Glasner. 
2-0 win over Hertha, which in isolation isn't a massively unexpected result, but they are steadily keeping tabs at the top of the league. They're only four point, uh, five points behind Leipzig. Still only lost two games. No, no Bundesliga side has lost fewer games this season. Best defensive record in the Bundesliga with 19 goals. Uh, Leipzig are second with 20. Hertha are in big trouble. Yeah. Hertha have got to be very careful. The whirlpool. We will touch on Hertha a little bit more quickly. Uh, Union drew with Hoffenheim on Sunday. Augsburg had a great win over Mainz. That's a really needed win for Augsburg. And Bayer Leverkusen lost at home to Freiburg. Great result for Christian Streich. However, Leverkusen Horrible. went out in the Europa League lo- losing both legs to young boys. Lost their, lost their home leg 2-0. Um, they are winless since they beat Stuttgart on February the 6th. And they have only won two league games since losing to, sorry, three, no, yeah, two league games since they lost to Bayern in December before the winter break. Horrible, horrible. That was their first defeat of the season in the league. They are a strange football team by Leverkusen. Having started extremely well, they have really started to wobble. Everyone started to pay attention and then it changed. It's an unfortunate coincidence, I think. It was an unfortunate coincidence, but people started to pay attention. And it, it's, it's sad because if you've been watching Leverkusen before this plummet, they were playing some of the best stuff. Yeah, they were in great. In the Bundesliga. Yeah. And in the Europa League. Yeah, they were they, amazing. They were really great. League. Yeah, yeah, phenomenal. They go to Gladbach next weekend. Uh, it's also Bayern Dortmund next week. It's a big week for German football. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things but at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there, just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. Quickly before we go to La Liga, I've got a question from... Oh, actually, missed Emily Oram's question. Should Kevin Trapp change his first, his first name to Thirst? All indications on his Instagram suggest he should. Yeah, he should actually, because Kevin he Trapp's should. quite a handsome man. Very handsome, and he's, he knows what he's doing as well. Yeah, you see his Instagram. This is a man who yeah. is well aware of the uh, effect he's having. Big goalkeeper energy. Yeah, yeah, very much so. This one from Patrick Corcoran. How many hot takes did Gwanga save in his drafts or notes app this week? Wow, <laughs> wow. <laughs> I was the picture of restraint. You just told him to me when we had coffee instead. That's true. Yeah, there were, there were a lot of hot takes, but none shall ever be shared. I will never release those drafts. Oh, well, let's talk about Barcelona being severe. Actually kind of comfortable for Barca. Uh, Messi assist for Usman Dembele early on, and then a Messi kind of scrambled goal towards the end. They lost a couple of players to injury. Pedri went off, which didn't look nice. Don't like seeing Pedri limping. But all in all... I'd be quite excited if I had Barca. Yeah. They got, because uh, Alenia scored a beauty. He's on loan to Getafe. He scored a beauty for them in their 3 0 mm. Valencia. And he's to come back. And that's an incredible talent they've got out on loan. Still one of and, the weirdest signings of the season that I can't believe they let him go, Alenia. Yeah, I can't believe they let him go. But I also like that move for him, if that makes sense. Mm. 
I like that for his skill set that he'll come back to Barca with. But there's a, there's a great gif I think I sent to you of uh, Messi hugging Ricky Pooch. <laughs> yeah, it was the hug that we talked about on the we talked about it on the podcast. And he held his arms out for so long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it's um. Well, I posted the screenshot of it. Do you remember? Like, you know, hope yeah. hope you're hope you're as happy this Sunday. I think it was as uh, Ricky Pooch when he hugs Leo Messi. Oh my goodness. Yeah, this, this is, is so a, happy. They found. They've managed to carve out, even this difficult season, Barca, a little bit, at least on the field, of happiness and optimism. Mm. There are some really nice combinations there that I look forward to seeing develop over the next few, the next few seasons. So yeah, got a nice little core of young players. They also lost Arayo. He only came on for a quarter of an hour. Hopefully not too serious because he's useful for them I mean to be honest Barca like, need all the defensive pieces they can get at the moment and, yeah that's true you know I mean he's a young centre back coming through they really can't afford to have many defensive injuries I mean you said this before but considering like they broke the bank they broke the bank already they could have broken it for Delit, couldn't they Delit. yeah we said this before yeah I mean if you look at I mean yeah I don't think Delit has exactly had the best time at Juve no but yeah we're recording this ahead of obviously Real Madrid Real Sociedad so who knows? Barcelona could still be second on Monday night. Although it's real, isn't it? You know, real like the ones yeah. grind out. Yeah. <laughs> Anything else of note in La Liga you want to touch on? No, I think we're good. I think we're good. Yeah. Um, anything else you want to shout out around the leagues, Musa? Atalanta winning 2-0. Uh, Atlant- oh, yeah, of course. Inter being, Gen- Inter being Genoa. Actually, very quickly. Um, yeah, so Inter, Genoa, Lukaku, a goal and I suppose two assists. Well, two involvements. And he was superb, scored in the opening minute. Natara Martinez link up again. Inter just looking really strong. James Horncastle. Yeah. So the esteemed James well. Horncastle was like, like Inter are going to pull clear. They're yeah. going to pull clear. I can see that. I see the argument there. And he watches them every week, so he should know. So yeah, that was impressive. Elsewhere, it's pretty much as you were. Not that many surprises in the uh, WSL or in Spain with the women's. Um, I think Barcelona won 17 out of 17. Goal difference like 84, I think, plus 84, which is pretty wild. Arsenal with a great win over Villa in the women's some Super great League. goals in this game as well. Yeah, some great goals. Katie McKay got maybe the pick at the 3-0. Although it took Arsenal a while to break down Villa. This is one of these ones where you come in as a Villa player and you're like, it's frustrating, but we made them go to another level. Mm. And weirdly enough, this is a good win for Arsenal. It took a long time for them to break them down, but we've seen Arsenal this year struggle in this sense. And so I think the attrition was good for them. This reminded me actually of the 4-0 win they had over Spurs a few months back where it was like nil-nil for a very long time and then they broke the um, deadlock with an exceptional strike from distance. So yeah, really good win for Arsenal. Good to see them getting among the goals and good to see them playing, playing loose, if that makes sense. Mm. After they got the first goal, they played with a bit more freedom. So that was nice to see. Uh, quickly to league, uh, PSG beat Dijon 4-0 uh, and because of Lille dropping points at home to Strasbourg, means that PSG have closed the gap on Lille to two points at the top. On PSG, just shout out, shout out to Moise Kane. Just nice to see him having fun. I mean, it's like Carl Anker said. Everton said they'd, they'd look after the boy. and he's Who knew it would be Paris? Yeah, exactly. Goodness me. Uh, two for Mbappe, one of them a penalty. Uh, I love the fact that Abdou Diallo assisted for Moise Kane. <laughs> just love that. <laughs> well, I do miss Diallo, who's great at Dortmund. Do you want to touch on anything else before we go? We're going to touch on the Zlatan stuff on Wrighty's house. Um, do you want to swerve it or do you want to mention it? Um, I think I'll swerve it. I think I'll swerve it. Uh, we had a few questions about Zlatan, but we're going to touch on that on Wrighty's house anyway, um, the Zlatan LeBron stuff. So, yeah. What I will say is, um, I think Zlatan is, as they say, on a journey. He is. Should we get out of here? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, apologies if this has seemed a little bit rushed this week. We'll be back on it on normal normal procedure on uh, Thursday. We're recording Sunday night, so had to yeah. get this done very quick. Yeah, But yeah, we hope everyone's staying safe and well. And don't forget to check Wrighty's House on Wednesday with me and Jeanette. Uh, don't forget to check the ringer.com forward slash soccer. Um, don't forget to check the Stadio Outros playlist on Spotify. Search for Stadio Outros. And if you do listen to us on a podcast app that allows you to rate and review, please do so. Please be do very so. kind. Yep, yep. Uh, speaking of music, we're playing out on Orchestra Dallas Noobs, Trackwood Ella, No Leva, and Gafas, I believe. <laughs> I've probably butchered <laughs> that. As the, you know, the, the days start getting a little bit longer, Musa. Indeed, they do. Very poetic there. Stay well, everyone, and we will be back on Thursday. Take care.
This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.